Songs are very much like windows into the heart. They reveal much about the singer. If you listen to the words that they are singing, presumably if they're singing from the heart, then you will hear something, perhaps, of the frustration of the age. You will hear a, a, a glimpse of perhaps a breakup, of a broken relationship, and of a longing heart. Perhaps you'll hear something of the depths of grief as they lament. But those songs can also reveal the joy in circumstances, the depths of love, and the quiet confidence in the face of death. One hymn that we may sing next week uh, is a, a hymn that very much encapsulates that confidence in the face of death. Uh, this is the words of, those, of that song. We rest on thee, our shield and our defender. Thine is the battle, thine shall be the praise. When passing through the gates of pearly splendour, victors we rest with thee through endless days. And that hymn was sung by five missionaries as they prepared to start a new work in Ecuador. They had done some reconnaissance flights and all was looking good. And they sung this song of praise, knowing that they were safe with the Lord. Whatever happened, all was well with their soul. Well, tragically, those five missionaries lost their lives as they landed in Ecuador. Uh, all five of them were found speared to death. And yet, they song, sung that song of confidence. They knew all was well. And their families knew that all was well. Yes, they were in grief. But they also knew that they were safe in God's hands. They had confidence in the face of death. And that's what we find in this passage before us. So please turn with me, if you haven't already, to Luke chapter 2. And we'll be looking at, particularly at that song from verse 29 through to 32. And then Simeon's explanation of that shortly. But that confidence in the face of death is what this song is all about. And although these words have been sung for centuries uh, in what is called the Nunc Dimittis, I'm not going to chant it to you now, uh, don't worry about that. Um, but these words, they speak of peace, they speak of confidence, they speak of the Lord's salvation. And they are a fitting close to our series, A Christmas Playlist. Songs from that revealing the heart of Christmas. So let's very briefly look at this, this song now. And the first thing we have to see as they open our eyes, the joy and the cost of salvation, is that we see that salvation brings peace. We see that there. Salvation brings peace. I will never forget one lady uh, that whenever she, the word death was mentioned, I know I've mentioned this before, but whenever death was mentioned, she'd always cross her fingers and spin round in a circle, just like that, whenever death was mentioned. Because she was petrified of death. 
She was afraid of death and didn't want any thought of death to spoil her day. I also remember vividly preaching in the open air um, about the, 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 the reality of death. And someone said to me, you're depressing us. And I said, well, maybe, but I'm also preaching good news. But they didn't want to know. Because people don't like this idea of death. And I, to be honest, I don't blame them. I can understand where they're coming from. Maybe you here today are horrified. On this New Year's Day, I'm mentioning death. But the reason why I can mention death is because Christmas, and indeed Jesus, brings the joy that comes, that, that even death itself cannot remove. Because this salvation is stronger and far, far greater than death. How different then is the response of Simeon? Look at verse 29. He says here, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. And those verses, if you just back up a little bit, just before that from verse 25, really reveal something of the backstory here. The Lord had clearly revealed to him that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Messiah, the promised king of Israel. And you kind of get the picture here that he was an old man and he's been coming up for possibly for years, coming up to the temple around the same time every year, wondering if perhaps this is the year when he will die. If this is the year when he will see the Lord's salvation. And then, one day, it came. And the Holy Spirit prompted him, go to the temple. And as he went, so... A young family come to him and they hand to him a baby. A baby that is just 40 days old. And as they present the child to him, Simeon knows that he is holding in his hands salvation. Salvation personified. Salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. For Jesus is God's salvation to us. He is the wonderful provision that we need to be saved. And so he says those wonderful words, my eyes have seen your salvation. You are the God who saves. And I know that because I'm holding him in my hands. You have answered all these promises. Now I can die in peace knowing that all is well. That's what he's essentially saying, isn't it? But we've got to ask that question. Well, what is this salvation that is mentioned here? How can he say this? You know, because people often speak in terms of salvation as being saved from disease or even death. And yet it's clear that he was ready to die. So salvation, therefore, has to be something bigger than merely rescuing from death and and, and sickness, sickness and death. Well, salvation, to put it simply, is about comfort, light and glory. That's what Simeon's talking about here. Comfort, light and glory. 
Look at comfort. Look at verse 25. We see that he was waiting here for the consolation of Israel. That, that word means comfort. He's waiting for Israel to be comforted. And if you know Isaiah 40, you'll know it starts with these words. After uh, of the warning of exile and the seriousness of sin revealed, uh, we then have this announcement of comfort. Isaiah 40 verse 1 says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she was received double from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. And then the passage goes on, and Simeon would have known this well, that Israel had, of course, rejected God's laws of love and gone their own way. And so he was waiting for the messenger to come. The messenger walking in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord, for the salvation to come. So that the glory of the Lord would be revealed and that all people will see it together. And as he held that, that child in his arms, he knew that this child would bring great comfort to Israel and all who put their trust in that child and all that he was going to do. And we know from Isaiah 53, and again, Simeon would have known this well, that Jesus was ultimately to go to the cross to bring peace for us. That Jesus was to die a terrible death on the cross so that God's people could be rescued Yes, Israel experienced something of the penalty of sin as they went into exile, but that was only ever a pointing forward to what Jesus was going to do on the cross, to pay for our sins, so that we can know peace with God forever. But it's also about light and glory. Israel were blessed and through Jesus, the true Israel, glory would again be seen in Israel. And, and as Simeon looked at this child, he knew that this child was Israel's glory. That all could look at Israel, Jesus, and see God in his goodness, God in his splendor. And you look at the Gospels, and that's what you're looking at. You're looking at, if you like, God's glory through the sun. And this coming child, Jesus, would bring glory to Israel, but also light to the nations. We briefly considered this, didn't we? Uh, on Christmas days, we looked at, at Philippians chapter 2. While the nations then were in darkness, there was going to come a time when Jesus would be exalted and that all would see Israel's glory and know that salvation is found in him. That's what light and glory really mean. And Simeon knows as he holds that child in his arms that he's holding salvation. Salvation bringing peace. Bringing peace not just for Israel, but for all who put their trust in him. 
It's challenging, isn't it, when we consider that Jesus actually healed relatively few people and he raised from the dead even less. One example, Lazarus. There was Lazarus in the tomb, but there were many others in there. It's been commented that the reason why he mentioned the word Lazarus is that if he didn't mention Lazarus, the whole, the whole graveyard would have come up. Um, but only one was to come. But that's because there will come a day when all who are dead in Jesus will rise again. And so you today can have confidence in the face of death because Jesus has come. Jesus has died in your place if you're trusting him. He has risen again. He is alive forevermore. And therefore, you can have confidence whatever happens. So the confidence that Simeon has here can be yours today. Whatever will happen in 2023, you know that all is well. I mean, might sing that hymn next week as well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot... Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Do you know that confidence today? Are you trusting in this child that was born, that lived, that died and lives forevermore? If you don't know that joy today, please can I urge you to put your trust in him. Because when you do, you know that confidence, now and forevermore. But also, we have to say, not only does salvation bring peace, we also see that salvation brings division. It's no surprise, is it, when we look at, just after this song, that both Mary and Joseph are marvelling at all that has been said of him. And yet Simeon's response prepares them for what will happen. Look at verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. When a surgeon needs to cut out cancer, he must cut deep. There is a a, a wound that must be made. A therapist seeking to understand depression, for instance, must ask those difficult questions and raise things up. And Jesus, the coming of salvation, will also bring pain, will bring division, will will, will bring hurt. Not only as we realise the seriousness of our own sin, yes, but also as he brings division, even in families, those who love the Lord and those who reject Jesus. There will be a polarising. There will be a, uh, a strong divide. You're either with Jesus or you're against him. 
You're either being saved or you're not saved. That is a, a shocking factor. And it's one that we probably don't often think about. You see, salvation brings peace. It also must bring division. And so, some, like godly Simeon, pledge allegiance to him, and while others immediately stand against him. So as you go through the Gospels, for instance, and Acts, you see that there were those who stood against him, who fell because of Jesus. Think of Herod and his son. They saw him as a threat and sought to kill him. We often think about that event on this Sunday. Then we have those who dismiss Jesus as a drunk, as demon-possessed. And even his own family, even Mary, thought he was mad at times. You see the division there? We often think of Jesus coming to put everything right. But that's not the reality then, and it isn't now. It will be one day, <laughs> and we wait for that glorious day. But in the meantime, there will be division. Even many of the, the religious teachers, despite seeing the evidence that Jesus was the Messiah, rejected him and wanted to kill him. And as the disciples put their trust in Jesus, so through our acts, what do we see? We see Christians being persecuted for their faith. And so the early Christians, as a result of their faith in Jesus, were often disinherited, excluded from top jobs and the best business deals. And they were physically, sometimes abused and imprisoned. Isn't that the same today? You know this, don't you? Our culture sees Christians as a threat to the social order. Intolerant Christian beliefs are seen as intolerant. And we see this today. All sorts of restrictions are coming. Things are only going to get worse. I would love to be able to say to you, may 2023 be a year of glorious gospel freedom. But the reality is, the freedom is going. Wake up to it. Salvation has come, yes. But the more you put your trust in Jesus, the more there will be those around you who will say, you're mad, you're crazy. You have too many mince pies. The reason why people reject Jesus, as Jesus explained in John 3, is that men love darkness instead of light. Because light exposes what they're really like. And we don't like it. And did you notice that Mary as well, there's divisions within. Because not only is it hard being a Christian outwardly, it can be hard inwardly as well. Just, just think of Mary for a moment. A sword will pierce your own soul as well. What is that about? Well, surely that must be referring to the pain that would have inevitably come of raising the Messiah. You know that you have the Messiah, the, the salvation of, of all the world. You, you're bringing him up. 
And yet you, you struggle to understand him at times. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? He said a few years later. I've already said that Mary and others thought he was mad. And then there is the pain of seeing your own son crucified on a cross. How that must have hurt her. And so for you as well, as you put your trust in Jesus, there are those times where you feel that sharp edge of the sword penetrating your own soul too. As you see loved ones rejecting Jesus and your heart aches for them, doesn't it? Well, can I urge you today to keep praying, to keep trusting and to keep going for Jesus. Do not shrink back. After all, Jesus is our salvation. Let us, rather, recommit ourselves to him regardless of the cost. And let us pray and support our brothers and sisters around the world who have it so much harder than we do. Yes, I've said that things are probably going to get worse. But in many parts of the world, it's already worse. I'm not going to go through these things. We're, 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 I'm sure we'll revisit this again and again throughout the year. But as we close now, Jesus wants to just call one thing to mind. And that's this. Just this last week I was reading about Jesus in the garden just as he went to the cross. And just before they left, we read these verses in Matthew 26, verse 30. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. It's such a simple statement. But where is Jesus going? He's going to weep in Gethsemane. And then he's going to the cross. And yet... He sings a song. What song? What hymn would they have have sung? Well, most likely they would have actually sung the very hymn that Abby read to us earlier. Psalm 118. Always sung around that time. Always sung at Passover. And they would have sung it because it spoke of salvation. The one that was rejected has become the chief cornerstone and so as we go into the new year we are resting on the cornerstone we are resting on Jesus and if we're resting on him we are safe forevermore but if we're rejecting him then we will stumble over him and we will be crushed the good news is that we can sing a song of praise because Jesus has come and we can rest in him forevermore. Let us pray now. Father, we do thank you so much for your word. Father, we thank you that your word speaks of salvation, being saved from our sins, being declared in a right relationship with you, being part of your people both now and forevermore, safe. Father, we thank you that this salvation brings peace. But we also recognise the reality that it brings division. And Jesus himself had to die. 
and we are following in his footsteps. Father, we pray that you would strengthen us in the days ahead, whatever this year may hold, to be a, a, a help to one another, to encourage one another, and may each of us be those who are truly living for Jesus, whatever the cost. Hear our prayers, and may we be those who are able to sing whatever may happen, because we know that all is well with our soul. Father, hear our prayers now. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.